everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today, as we continue our series on missing theological building blocks, we're going to be talking about life and death. What are they really, and why does it matter? So sometimes I like to be a little philosophical and and deep and really just think about things deeply and go down the rabbit trails. And the other day I was thinking about death, not not morbidly, but just pondering what is death? What is death? If human beings are eternal, then what is death really about? And it struck me that death really is about separation. We are separated from people when they die. And we're separated from our bodies. And we're separated from God, ultimately, if we have that second death that Scripture talks about. It's this separation. And the more I thought about separation, the more I realized, wow, it's everywhere. You think about even just leaves. Like in the fall here in Michigan, when the leaves die, they're separated and they fall to the ground. And now they don't have any life left. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know what? The Bible talks about sin bringing death. And I never really got that because I'm like, you're not, you don't die every time you sin. But if death is separation, then sin indeed brings death. It brings separation. Go back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. This story is so vitally important to our understanding of theology. When we don't believe this is an actual story with actual people, it just messes things up. I'm not sure that it was, it's, I mean, it's being told in a very just poetic, beautiful way, but it's, it's legit. These are real people that encountered a real God. And so I think it's so important for us to understand this is a actual, real story. Side note. Okay, so going back to the Garden of Eden, God creates Adam and Eve, and they are so connected to each other and to God. They walk in this garden with God. They understand what his feet sound like when they're walking in the garden. I mean, it's this intenseness. It's it's closeness. And when they choose to disobey him and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they are separated. And God originally said to them, the day you eat of this, you will die. And then we're like, why didn't they die? Like, they're still alive. They live for hundreds and hundreds of years after this. Like, that's not death. What if it is? What if death is this separation? Because they're instantly separated from the garden. They're separated from God. And we know they begin to be separated from each other. And even their children who are born, one of them kills the other one. There's a separation that happens. And I was like, this is so interesting to me. And I think about sin separating us from God. We hear that in the scriptures, that sin separates us from God. And yet when I look through the Bible, God is definitely not separated from people. Even in the Old Testament before Jesus came, God is actively pursuing people. He's actively communicating with people. Before the law, before the sacrifices, God is still actively communicating with people and being there with them and pursuing them. So how in the world can we say that sin separates us from God? Because he doesn't seem very separated. Here's the thing. God doesn't seem to be separated from us, but we are separated from him. Because how often do those same people 
just move away from God, believe lies about God, all this kind of stuff. We are separated from God because of our sin. And obviously, God is not separated because he understands what he's going to do through Jesus. So we can get real nitpicky there if we want to. But he is not separated from us. He continually pursues us. We are separated from him. And the lies that we believe about him and the way that we push him away in our pride, in our sin, we're separated from him. So interesting to me. We're separated from one another because of sin. Sin separates us from one another. You think about the division, the hatred, the abuse that we experience in our world as a result of sin that separates us from each other. You think of the racial tensions. You think about national tensions. You think about even just like family tensions and things that happen. All a result of sin. All this separation, isolation, loneliness, result of sin. Sin separates us from each other. Death. Death happens. Separation. It separates us from ourselves. When we are engaged in sinful activities and sinful thoughts and sinful patterns, we can't understand who we really are. We don't have good self-awareness. We don't have healing and growth within ourselves. We are filled with pride. There's positive pride and there's negative pride. Did you know that? It's all this constant focus on self. Positive pride is like, oh, I'm so amazing. I'm so great. I'm better than everybody else. We recognize that as pride. But there's this opposite pride. There's this negative pride where it's like, I'm so terrible. I'm the worst. There's no one worse than me. I'm so bad. And that's also pride because it's this obsession with ourselves. And so sin separates us. It brings death. And I was like, oh my goodness, if death is separation, then there's death everywhere. Our world is dying. It was intense. It was intense. So then I thought to myself, wow, sin does bring death. It's everywhere. So if death is separation and sin brings death, then what is life? Because the opposite of death is life. What is life? The more I thought about it, and the more I pondered it, and the more I thought through the themes of scripture, its overarching themes, I realized life is oneness. Life is connection. You think about the Trinity, three individual people functioning as one God. It's this oneness, this closeness, this connection. How are people originally made? They were made to be one. One in marriage, Adam and Eve, designed to be so different. And yet oneness, an image of the oneness that God wants to have with us. Why does the Bible start with a wedding and end with a wedding? It's oneness. It's about this connection, this intimacy. So we have Adam and Eve in the beginning showing us what it looks like to be one. Two individuals, one, image of God, image of the Trinity. And we have in the end of scripture, Jesus uniting with his church, one, bringing them as his bride, one. I love it. So what does life look like? If Jesus came to give us life, if he came to restore this oneness that was originally created and designed by God, 
What does this look like? It's connection. Jesus came to reconnect us. When Jesus paid for the sins of the world when he died on that cross, he reconnected us with God. And he gave us the ability to reconnect with people and with ourselves. Restoration is a restoration of this oneness and it brings life. I think about being connected to God. And it's not like Jesus just died to save us from our sins. And so he's like, all right, now you can come to heaven someday. He sent the Holy Spirit to be one with us. What does that even mean? How many of us even actually think about that enough to really experience it? What does it mean to be one with God, to have God here with me constantly, available, ready to help me and comfort me and hold me? What could that be like if I actually believed it? It blows my mind. Jesus restored this oneness that was known in the Garden of Eden. We can taste it again. It's not going to be perfect because we live in a broken world and we still have this leftover sin, the separation that we're constantly fighting with. Like there's going to be this thing where it's like separate and it's it's not separate and it's going to just, it's a fight. Paul talks about that in Romans. And yet at the same time, we have this opportunity for oneness with God. We have the opportunity for oneness with people. When we have been restored by the Holy Spirit and he's beginning to change our hearts, We have the opportunity to be one with others, to find this just community and connection and understanding. And that brings life. Have you ever been a part of a community that was just this oneness centered around Jesus? Life, life happens and and fruit happens and the tree grows. Like, why do you think he gave this example all the time of fruit trees growing and producing fruit and like Trees planted by the water in Psalms 1 and all these things constantly, this idea of life and growth and fruit happening. When oneness happens, then we have life and we have fruit and growth. We can be connected to ourselves. I know this is kind of like a weird concept for Christianity, quote unquote, but I think it's so important to have this understanding of myself. Who am I? What is going on in my heart? What do I struggle with? What do I, what am I gifted at? And just the self-awareness of where I struggle and where I'm gifted. I think it's so important to have that oneness with ourselves. When God said the greatest commandment, Jesus they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's all in there. Love God, love people, and be connected to ourselves. Understand ourselves, love ourselves. This is where we have this proper view of self, where we don't have this like sense of pride of, oh, I'm so amazing because you're humble and you know, I'm not, I'm broken. I'm a sinner. Like I need Jesus. But at the same time, you're not sitting there like in just self-condemnation. Like I'm such a terrible person because you also know that I was made in the image of God and God loves me so much. He loves me so much. So what is this? What does this do for us to understand this? That sin actually brings death. This is separation. For me, I see that and I'm like, I don't want to live in sin because I don't like being separated. And also when I feel that sense of separation, I think it's a trigger to be like, wow, what am I? Am I living in the life that God's given me? Or am I choosing to run away from him, to live separate from him, to live separate from others? Am I choosing to live in sin? I don't want that. I want life. And to me, that is one of the biggest motivators of not living in sin. Honestly, when people tell me to stop my behaviors, like stop doing that, stop doing that, I I react. I don't like that. Don't tell me what to do. 
But when I can feel it myself and be like, I don't want this. This is yucky. It's yucky and I don't like it. That is a huge motivator for me to move on and not live like that anymore because I, I don't like it. It's not fun. It's not good. I don't like the consequences. So that's a huge motivation versus, oh, just don't do it because that person says not to. The same thing is true with life. I love the connection that comes through life in Jesus. I love the connection that I can have with other people when we are living connected together to Jesus. I love being able to just learn about myself without condemnation. People just dig in and be like, huh, why did I feel that? That's really interesting. Like, why did I say that? What's really going on? And just dig into myself without condemnation, without feeling a sense of shame and able to just pour that out before God. I love that. I love the way it feels. And so there's motivation there for me to go ahead and pursue that life, that oneness, and to reject separation and sin and death. We're going to live in tension. Even if we understand this, even if we're like, wow, it's amazing. I love this oneness and separation and life and death. Like, it's, We can't live in oneness and life all the time because we live in a broken world. And so we're going to deal with this tension. It's going to be this thing that we're dealing with constantly. But I think when we can understand it and name it and call it what it is, I think it gives us a sense of freedom. And I think it gives us hope. And, and like we, we know where we're going. And we know that we have the, the opportunity and the strength to do it because we have the Holy Spirit with us. And so I'm just excited about this. I can keep thinking about this. Oh my goodness. I can go down so many rabbit trails. There's so many ways you can just see scripture and just spiritual concepts differently when you think about them within the context of separation and oneness, of life and death. It's pretty incredible. I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to hear your thoughts. So go ahead and share them with me. Email me, uh, message me on my social medias, all that kind of good stuff. What do you think about this? And how does it change your perspective on life and death and sin and separation? I think this is the end of our missing building blocks, um, unless I find another one before next time. But I think we're going to talk about questions next time and just the importance of questioning. So until then, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.